Chapter Twelve of Remodeled Farmhouses by Mary H. Northend. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Chapter Twelve The Charles Martin Leffler House. It was a staircase that was responsible for the remodeling of one house which had no other unusual feature. It was designed by a village carpenter whose object was four walls and a shelter rather than architectural beauty. The structure was so simple and unobtrusive that it did not arouse any enthusiasm in the heart of the architect who examined it, for it presented no chance to show his ability in its remodeling. It was the kind of a farmhouse that one would find in almost any suburban town, built without any pretensions, its only good feature being the staircase, which saved it from passing into oblivion and caused it to be remodeled into a charming all-the-year-round home. It had been unoccupied for a long period, and with exterior weather-beaten and interior uninhabitable, it presented a forlorn appearance, repelling to most would-be purchasers. It stood by the side of a travelled road, and in its best days was occupied by a farmer and his family, who cared more for the barn adjoining the house than they did for the farmhouse itself. The estate was a large one that had been neglected and allowed to run down until weeds and rank grass were so intermingled that it seemed a discouraging task to bring it back into a good state of cultivation. Adjoining the house and connected with it by a shed was a large barn with sagging roof and so dilapidated that it seemed past restoring. Across the front, defining the estate, was once a neat paling fence that had been torn down until only a small portion remained. Many acres of the estate were meadowland, which swept to the horizon of trees, yet the once fine apple orchard though sadly in need of pruning, showed promise, and there were possibilities in the whole estate that needed only attention and development to make them profitable. There had been no one to care for the old house, and it stood discouraged by the roadside, awaiting a sympathetic owner. It was in this condition when first seen by Mr. Charles Martin Leffler, whose experienced eye discerned its possibilities. It is the wise man who fits his house to his grounds, and who in the general scheme considers its surroundings. The grassland, the garden, the orchards, the fencing of the estate, each one of which demands separate treatment, should be so arranged that they will be profitable in the end. The new owner realized this, 
and also that he could not be too careful in combining house and garden so that they would make a harmonious whole the location was ideal quiet and retired and exactly what had been most desired so the remodeling was placed in the hands of a careful architect who after thoroughly considering the situation decided it could not be done it was then that mr leffler took the matter into his own hands drawing exact plans of what was necessary to achieve the desired result and it was under his personal direction that the workmen began to remodel the unattractive little cottage it was borne in mind that even the addition of a porch or veranda must be carefully considered to avoid confusion of architecture so that the house itself when finished should follow a single idea and not a composite mass of details that were entirely out of place and in bad taste it was realized that no house no matter how situated should have discordant surroundings outbuildings should not be allowed to mar the symmetry of the house and should be removed so that they would not be an eyesore but in keeping with the general plan the house itself however demanded attention first it was very small with a pitched roof in the upper story and a long l connecting it with the farm buildings the exterior was left practically as when first purchased with the exception of a small and well-planned porch at the front a long l for servants quarters and a wide veranda at the rear that extended the entire length of the house in the porch settles were added on either side which helped to give the house an air of dignity and invite the guest to rest and enjoy the beautiful scenery the screened-in veranda at the back is used as an out-of-doors living room it is wide carpeted with rugs and furnished with simple but substantial pieces it is a most comfortable place where charming views and wonderful vistas can be enjoyed for beyond lie the old orchard with the meadows between and a background of finger-pointed pines that seemingly melt into the blue of the sky trellises were built on the garden side of the house to carry vines but this was after the house had been given a coat of white paint and the blinds painted green over the veranda a balcony was built which can be used for outdoor sleeping purposes if desired the picket fence was restored and painted white to match the coloring of the house and a stone wall was built at the farther end to enclose the garden on the outside wild shrubs were planted to give a note of color to the gray stone the old trees pruned took on a new life and are now in a most nourishing condition across the entire front 
as a partial screening, silver-leafed poplars were planted. The farmlands were reclaimed, new trees planted in the old apple orchard, and at the side of the house an attractive garden was laid out with a background of apple trees. It was a small garden, only about an eighth of an acre in size, and filled with old-fashioned flowers to make it harmonize with the period in which the house was built. A single path divides it in two, and its color schemes have been given careful study. At one side of the garden a rustic pergola has been built with a central path of grass, and over this a grapevine has been trained which makes it a restful, shady place in summer, while in early fall the vines are loaded with great clusters of purple grapes. Everywhere surrounding the garden are stretches of green lawns that prove a fitting setting to the bright blossoms in the trim and well-kept beds. The fields beyond have been brought back to a good state of cultivation and present a beautiful green tract beyond which stretch rich meadows with waving grass where flit the bobolink and the red-winged blackbird. In the trees around the house, orioles and robins nest, while everywhere the old apple trees grow, many of them gnarled and twisted with age. In the early fall, loaded with fruit, they form an attractive color note of red and yellow in the landscape. Great care has been taken to remove the branches of the old trees in order to afford attractive vistas. This gives a landscape picture carefully planned and creates a delightful feeling of restfulness and a sense of relief from the bustle of city life. Over the porch has been built a lattice to be covered eventually with rambler roses, and in order to obtain more light, clusters of windows have been let in on either side of the front door. The interior, as well as the exterior, has been carefully planned with a regard to light and views. One enters the house through the little porch and finds himself in a spacious hallway which extends to the living room. The staircase is at the right of the entrance. It is not a primitive affair of the latter type which is the earliest on record. Neither is it steep with flat treads, high risers, and molded box stringers, but the kind that shows simple posts and rail with plain balusters. It is of the box stringer type and has no carving in either post or balusters. It is perfectly straight and leads by easy treads to the second-story floor. The dining room is at the left of the hallway and is a room built for comfort and for everyday life, showing plenty of windows. A feature is the great open fireplace and the bricked chimney-breast, 
with small closets at one side. The woodwork in this room is the same that was in the house when it was discovered by Mr. Leffler, and, cleaned and treated to a coat of paint, is most attractive. The wide board floor has been retained and stained dark to bring out the color schemes of the rugs. This room leads directly into the living room, which extends entirely across the house and is also entered from the hallway. Its windows face the green fields studded with trees and also overlook the old-fashioned garden, which is near enough to the house so that every summer breeze wafts the perfume of its flowers to the occupants. A central feature is a bricked-in fireplace that has been built into the room. Instead of plastering, the old oaken cross-beams have been left in their original state, and the room is finished with a wainscot painted white, above which is a wall covering of Japanese grass cloth. Bookcases form an important furnishing of this room, which also contains many pieces of antique furniture. It is a cheerful, home-like apartment, into which the sun shines practically all day long. Through large French windows one steps from the living room onto the veranda. The second story is devoted to chambers and bath. Its location has a distinctive charm, as it is not too near the city or too far away from neighbors. It is well adapted for outdoor living, with its wide, inviting veranda and the side garden where bloom the stately phlox, the gaudy poppies, and the bright-hued marigold. As time went on, the house grew too small for the owner's needs, and so another house just across the way that had passed its prime and stood desolate and deserted was also purchased and remodeled into a studio, one room expressly designed for Mr. Leffler's work, large and commodious, with high vaulted ceiling. Here, too, a veranda was built across one end that can be used, if need be, for an outdoor living room. It is shaded by many trees, more especially some fine old elms whose graceful branches shadow the house, while a stretch of lawn extends to the street. Across the front, a paling fence, corresponding in style to that across the street, was built, entrance being through a swinging gate that leads directly to the outside porch. This house shows less remodeling than the first one. It is principally in the interior that changes have been made. The whole front of the house is made into a music room of unusual type, being hung with pictures of the old masters. Here the second-story flooring has been removed and the ceiling vaulted and sheathed in order to secure acoustic properties. A large chimney has been introduced into the inner wall, 
with brick mantel and chimney breast and big enough to hold a six-foot log the floors are of polished hardwood and the ornamentation shows chinese ships hung upon the walls an interesting feature for interior decoration the room is entered through french windows that lead on to the outside porch in addition to the music room this house is also used for the caretaker and weekend guests the long l at one side is used for the former while at the back of the music room several rooms are fitted up for the use of guests thus solving a problem that is today vexing the minds of many a house owner more especially in suburban towns there is about the whole place a restfulness that has been achieved by careful planning and attention to details there is no part of the estate where one may wander without coming upon picturesque bits of landscape that while apparently in their natural state yet are restored and preserved with a true appreciation of nature this estate is a lesson in reclaiming and remodeling that cannot fail to be instructive to all home builders it goes to show that forethought and ingenuity can create a comfortable and inviting home in the midst of desolation and transform an old dilapidated cottage into a charming and picturesque abode End of chapter 12